Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Trillia Nubo, and I am grateful to have Dr. Carmen Imes on the podcast. Carmen is an Old Testament professor at Biola University and Torah scholar. We are so excited to have you on, and I want to give you all the time possible to speak. So let's jump right in. It's easy to assume um, that most people know what the Torah is, but I don't know if we truly understand what it is or the significance of it. I'd like you to take us on a journey through the Torah. Can you do that? And I love chatting with professors because we're going to be in your classroom for about 10 minutes. So here's my question. What is the Torah in layman's terms. Great. Thank you, Trillia, for having me. And I'm excited to talk about this because I think you're right. I think a lot of people don't know what the Torah is. And it's one of those things where if somebody says Torah, everybody else just kind of pretends they know what the person's talking about. So the word Torah or Torah um, is a Hebrew word, and it means instruction or teaching. And sometimes it could be used to refer to laws that God gives. And so often in the Bible, the word Torah will be translated uh, with the word law in English. But that's misleading because law is a much narrower category than instruction or teaching. So so there's kind of two ways that we use this word in English as, as we're referring to the Hebrew Bible. We can use it to refer broadly to God's instruction, and that would be like a lowercase t, Torah. Um, but it's also a technical term that refers to the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, which we call the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy are referred to as the Torah. And so what I'm going to do is try to give you a, a, a sense for what is the content of those five books and why it's important for us to even uh, be aware of them. So the first book is Genesis. Most people know that as the first book of the Bible, and they know that it starts with creation. And it's true, the book kind of has two big ideas, and that is creation and covenant. Uh, the book opens with God bringing order to disorder and making the world habitable and providing space for people to flourish and for animals to flourish and putting humans as the crown of creation who are going to be responsible for mediating God's presence to the world and for stewarding the resources of creation. And then there's this kind of turn uh, around chapter 12 of the book where God focuses in instead of thinking about the whole planet, the whole cosmos, there's this narrowing down to Abraham and his family. And God makes a special agreement called a covenant with Abraham and says, I'm going to make you great. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to give you lots of descendants. And I'm going to give you a land of your own. And through you, all nations will be blessed. So, so the Abraham part of the story starts in Genesis 12, and it continues on through the rest of the Torah. So we have creation and the sort of aftermath of human rebellion in Genesis 1 to 11. And then we have covenant with Abraham and his family, starting in Genesis 12 and going all the way through the end of Deuteronomy. And it's not as though God has given up on, on everybody else. Um, when he chooses Abraham, the point is, is to mediate his blessing to all creation. So God still has the whole world in mind, even while he's narrowing down to Abraham and his family. So if we follow the story, we get Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Um, these are three generations of the patriarchs. And then we get to the book of Exodus, and we get another kind of creation story um, where God creates the nation of Israel. 
and he draws them into the covenant that he made with Abraham. So it's this amazing story of rescue from oppression in Egypt. The people had been enslaved and God brings them out uh, with Moses as their leader. And then he brings them to Mount Sinai and makes a covenant with them. And this is where we get to the part of the story that most people tune out because there's a lot of laws uh, in the second half of Exodus. And then the whole book of Leviticus and the first 10 chapters of Numbers, lots of laws, lots of instructions, um, The what we could call Torah. Um, but I think what's really important to get here is that God is um, God has already rescued the people. These laws are not a way for them to get saved. He's already saved them. What's happening at Sinai is God is um, telling the people, now that you belong to me, now that you've come into relationship with me, here's how I want you to demonstrate my glory to the nations. Here's how I want you to represent me. And so all these laws, all of the the specifications of the Torah are helping them live out their mission as the people of God. So that's true for, for half of Exodus. And then the whole book of Leviticus is really giving instructions about how to be a holy nation because they're set apart to represent God to the world. They're, they're a kingdom of priests. So here's what it's going to look like to be holy as a whole nation. And then in Numbers, we follow their journey as they finish going through the wilderness and approach the promised land uh, that God had promised to give Abraham so many years ago. And then Deuteronomy is kind of a recap. It's a, uh, we could call it a hinge book. It's a looking back on what, what God has done with his people and a looking forward to what's to come. And Moses is giving them basically his last sermon. And that sermon is primarily Torah. It's instructions on how to live well as God's people when they get in the land. So that's the Torah, and it's the foundation for everything else we read in the Old Testament. You really can't understand the Bible without having a basic grasp of this storyline. But these are often neglected, um, except for a few stories within these books. And I'm inspired. I wonder, what is it that we're afraid of? What is it that keeps us from really diving deep into God's word and and the Torah. So, and I, I have another question for the person who may be thinking, "Oh, wait, what's well, what about the Pentateuch? What's the difference there?" Will you answer that question real quick? So, the word Pentateuch um, is, if if you break it into its parts, it means five books, and so it's also referring to the Big T Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. Um, Christians tend to use the word Pentateuch, whereas Jews tend to use Torah to refer to the first five books. Um, So the two terms are basically interchangeable. And I think you're right. People are nervous about these books. Um, They're nervous because, A, they seem boring in some parts, and we have this sense like, I'm supposed to like scripture. It's supposed to be inspiring to me but I am having a hard time seeing the inspiration. You know, a lot of people come to it and feel like they're in over their head, either because it's kind of pedantic or like overly concerned with lists of names and numbers and, or because they find things in these texts that seem downright objectionable. There's a lot of violence and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of family drama and it's hard to know like what am I supposed to be getting out of this? Am I supposed to go and do likewise? Or is this a bad example? Or what do I do? And I tell my students that reading the Old Testament or reading any part of the Bible is a cross-cultural experience. So 
We can't come to it and expect, oh, this was written just for me to answer my questions and connect with my life directly. No, these texts were written for ancient people to connect with them and answer their questions. And so if we want to read it well, then we need to come with a whole bundle of curiosity and a patience to sit with the text until it yields up its riches to us. I think there's so much here that can teach us about God and how to live well in the world, but it requires patience. Uh, this is not fast food. And so, um, so I would encourage people like approach the Old Testament the same way you would approach a trip to a to an exotic foreign country that you've never been to before. When you go to that country, you expect people will be speaking a different language. They'll be eating different foods. They'll be wearing different clothes. They'll care about different things. They'll have a different rhythm to their life. And all of that is true of the Old Testament. Well, I love all of this. There's two things that you said that stood out to me. First of all, especially in Genesis, I mean, I'm, I'm sure throughout all of the Old Testament, but Genesis is like the family drama. It could be a soap opera. It's crazy the things that are going on in that book. And so, um, but yes, uh, I love the idea of coming to the text like a cross-cultural experience. And so I'm just going to pray for our curiosity and our patience as we approach the word. So Lord, uh, thank you for your Bible. Thank you for the Torah. Thank you that we can read and learn about who you are, your character through um, these books. But Lord, I do pray that you will build in us a curiosity that we would be eager to learn about different cultures and time and people and people groups and the nation of Israel, Lord, that we would have a, a an interest in your word um, to know you more, God, but to know those first people, God, and their stories, Lord, that ultimately leads us to Jesus, God, and so that we could know him more, Lord. Um, so, God, I just pray that you will make us patient people as we're reading, as we're learning, God, that we would have a love for your word, God, that we would keep going because there are riches to be had, Lord, and ultimately so that we can know you better. So, Lord, I pray this isn't fast food. Um, Carmen is exactly right. Lord, and I thank you for scholars like Dr. Carmen Imes, God, that you have given her a knowledge that um, only you could give, that you have given her grace to understand um, the mysteries of your word, God, and that she is able to teach others. Lord, even in this short 10 minutes, I just can't imagine all the people who are going to listen and who are going to be eager to dive into your word as a result. So Lord, thank you for that gift. She is a gift. She's a gift to her students and a gift to us. And so thank you for the ways that you have gifted her to teach and to understand your word. So Lord, I pray that we would grow also in understanding that you would illuminate your scriptures to us so that we could know you better. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. 